Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, joining us on the Inner Revolution podcast. Today is an, really an awesome day because uh, today we have a special guest, Pastor Suhas, and also my host, Pastor Jason. I'm a tool, the co-host. But when I look at this trio here, it seems like there's two Indians and one chief. Who is the chief? Uh, that uh, we have to let the audience figure that one out. Oh. Like, who's the chief? I think Pastor Jason, maybe you are the chief. I don't, let the greatest among you be the servant. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. We are really enjoying doing these podcasts, and the response that we get is just really nice. And people are just thankful that we talk about different subjects and uh, also the humor with that we have in the midst of our podcast. So today our topic is uh, about failure. And um, we, you know, when we look in the Bible and we see most of the men that wrote the Bible went through failures in their life. And most of us have failures in our life. And a lot of times people think failure is final. But I really believed failure is not final. It's just a detour in life. I love this verse. Uh, if I may open this uh, today's uh, podcast with this verse. It's uh, from uh, Job 14.1. It says, Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. What an interesting verse in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of interesting verses in the Bible. But this particular verse is not talking about uh, godly people or ungodly people. It's talking about men and women, how that God has not promised that your life is going to be a bed of roses, but it will be troubles. Or there may be sorrow. There may be failure in life. And I love this verse from uh, Luke 9, 1 through 5. It, there's a particular uh, pa- uh, verse and a phrase in that in that cha- uh, those five verses it says, shake the dust off your feet. If you really look, the meaning of the word is you are plowing forward. You are p- uh, pushing forward and thinking ahead. And that's what it means. And I just thought it's, it's so easy to f- fall into a failure. The failure at some point becomes sin. And, but God does not want us to live in the failure. It's just there for a second. And God wants us to plow forward and look ahead to Christ so we can get up and run the race. So Pastor Jason, as we uh, talk about this topic today, failure, your thoughts on this word failure today? Wow. It's a big word. I love what you said. Failure is not final with the Father. Uh, that's such a powerful thought today. And, um, you know, you mentioned the book of Job. I thought of Job 5-7 that says, Man is born unto trouble as sparks fly up. <laughs> and usually when sparks fly up, it means that some, some sort of metal or blunt object is hitting another object and it's causing friction. And I think sometimes with failure, um, you know, we have to understand that we will sin because we have a sin nature, but that's not who we are. Paul said in Romans 7.20, I am not my sin. And I think that's a key point because uh, not that we have a license to do what we want, to live like an animal or to uh, live in lasciviousness, but to have an understanding that in 119.25 of Psalms, our soul cleaves to the dust. So what a gift repentance is. 
It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance in Romans 2, 4. But um, we just want to say to our listening audience today that God can break the shackles that bind us because failure is not final. And I, I want to read a verse here in Psalm 103, but I, just by way of illustration, uh, a tool. And by the way, you're the chief. You're just a bunch of Indians here. Right? No. Um, anyway. Thank you. Okay. We're all chiefs. Okay. Anyway, uh, think about this. The divine escalator. You know, we all love escalators. I was on with my son a few months back in the mall, and he had trouble getting on the escalator because it was always moving, and then he had to just jump on it. And, um, and it just got me thinking that in, in our faith, in the Christian faith, that we are on a divine escalator. And if we fall, we fall forward, and it's, we're still moving in the direction of God. And we can never fall off. We can never say that uh, our failure has taken us out of, uh, of, as of being a son in John 10, 28, and 29. We're in the hand of the Father. And um, that's a good word today. And that just should encourage us because of love to hate sin, but also to uh, repent quickly when we fall. But failure, when it becomes an identity, it really shackles us. And I love these passages here in Psalm 103, a great chapter on forgiveness. Um, but in verse 10, Psalm 103, 10, it says, He hath not dealt with us after our failure, nor rewarded us according to our sins. Now, what a great, what a great thought that is. So wherever you are today, uh, maybe there's a habit of besetting sin or something you've done in your past that maybe you've asked for forgiveness for many times. And God is saying, I do not deal with you based on your failure. Now, have you ever repented of something and not felt forgiven or felt like you needed to keep repenting of the same thing? Uh, as you grow, as we grow, we, we learn that it's not a, it's not a feeling that we experience, but it's a fact that God says, I heard you once, I have done the work, and it's no longer who you are. And in Hebrews 12, 1, we learn not to keep falling in the same place over and over. And I want to pass this over to Pastor Suhas, but think, think of uh, Psalm 142, 7. Take my soul out of prison so that I might praise you. How many people are in prison today? You know, I'm not talking about, you know, you know in the... Uh, in the big house. I'm talking about in your spirit, maybe a prison to guilt, or maybe someone's had an abortion and they're in prison about that. Maybe someone has uh, been a product of abuse. Maybe someone is in uh, sexual sin or someone is uh, just has an anger problem. These are prisons that can hold us back. But you know what? What happened to you or what is happening to you or what will happen to you is not final. God can turn this around and deal with you in his love, in his grace, and he can heal us. And Pastor Suhas, it's so good to have you. Here's a brother from India and a faithful pastor and his wife in, in the local area. Maybe you have some thoughts that you want to add to this uh, key thought about failure. Thank you, Pastor Jason and Pastor Atul. And it was fun listening to what Pastor Jason just mentioned. He said, you know, people withdraw because they have an anger problem. The greatest example in the Bible is on the life of Moses. Exodus chapter 2, in verses 11, 
It says Moses saw his fellow Israelite being beaten up in verse 11 and he looks left and right and that's there's no way out and then he eventually kills the Egyptian. But after that, after that, like Pastor Jason was saying, we would withdraw after killing a person. But then what happens? That's where it doesn't end. After Exodus chapter 2, there are close to 97 chapters in the Bible where Moses comes back, becomes a man of God, and he leads the greatest church. This is how it goes. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, this is what it says. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, where does even God mention his failure? Because well, as the topic today is failure is never final till we actually quit. Moses did not quit. Many a times, whether we are in a Christian life or maybe you're not saved also, once you give your life to Christ, you know, he is concerned about what you are going to do walking with him. And Moses was actually leading people for more, more than you know, almost 80 years. First 40 years of his life were in the palace. Next 40 years were in the wilderness. And the next remaining 40 years were with the people of God. So God never gives up on us. Most of the times, it is we who cannot fail ourselves. God never fails us. He said, I, there's one verse in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which says, love never fails. So when, when, when the, even when you read John chapter 21, and when Jesus is seeing his disciples quit because they were not standing with Jesus when he was being crucified, they thought our life is over. But it is never like that with Jesus also. He is the one who initiates a conversation. He is the one who initiates and goes to the Sea of Galilee, cooks a breakfast and gets all the disciples back so that they could serve Christ. So let me tell you, every individual in this Bible has a story. And when we read one page on the Bible and the other page on the Bible, God is on those pages and we are also on those pages because these are experiences of people who were moved by the Spirit in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 21 and 22, that they were moved by the Spirit to write the Scriptures. So th these things actually encourage us to walk with God. These things actually tell us, you know what, we are going to fail, but we are not going to quit. We have men like Pastor Shala, Dr. Stevens who have gone before us and we've seen that, that the lives of these people only can motivate us. You can see Pastor Jason, Pastor Atul and the audience that we have over here. It's that we have to always remember one thing, that God will never ever give up on us. We are the ones who give up on ourselves. Amen? It's really interesting. I read a quote years ago about when we are we fall into our failure or in a sin that God never turns his back on us. Wow. He never quits on it because he has purchased us with his blood. Mm. Uh, just when you think about that, how special we are, no matter what happens in our life, that the Lord never turns his back on us. Wow. I mean, that's the kind of savior we have. And if people could only understand what we have been purchased by. 
if we could only understand that the blood that we have purchased by His precious blood that was shed on that cross, mm. it gives you such a comfort to know that in a life is like it was a, I heard a message where uh, this, they were describing how people could live in prisons. When a, when a person who commits crime, he gets locked up and he's in a prison cell in a, four, in a, in a room, which is maybe four by four, right? Mm. There's no light coming. He spends rest of his life in that little prison room. Mm. And that is how people are when they are in failure. Yeah. They live in this prison inside of their heart, and they have, they, even though the grace is right outside, you could just go out and, like you said, f fall forward in grace, and you could reach out, and God's grace is right there to just love you through it and say, you know what? I don't remember any failure. I don't remember any sin because it was purchased on the cross. And that's the beautiful thing about the finished work of Jesus Christ. So, it's so. If you are listening today and you may be uh, uh, shackled in your, in your heart and prison cell of sin or failure, you know what? Unshackle them mm. through the Word of God, through the Word of grace, and through, His, through the Holy Spirit. Just unshackle it and just walk out. Say, you know what? I am not my failure. I am not my sin. That doesn't define me. I am purchased by God's perfect blood and it's only the, because of the grace of God I could say that. Pastor amazing. Jason? Amazing. You know, I think you said some key things. I think we can compartmentalize truth and uh, we can relate to it just on a low level. But when we really throw or, ourselves or fall into the arms of love, then we really take it seriously. Like Back in Psalm 103, it says in verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, mm. so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Now, of course, there's accountability, responsibility, and people should uh, be, uh, you know, you know, we have the, the Ten Commandments that have been the bedrock of our laws, uh, so there's justice. But so many people live in the effects of sin when God says it's gone, it's gone forever, you're not your sin. And I think people have trouble relating to grace because the devil, he's speaking and saying, oh, this is who you are. You are an alcoholic. You are a luster. You are a stealer, a whoremonger or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's like those AA meetings. And, and I, I, uh, I'm so thankful for the, the group meetings that are uh, available to addicted for for the addicted, uh, but uh, you know, saying that I'm an alcoholic every time is not right. Um, <laughs> acknowledgement is good, but I'd rather say, "Hey, I am a believer in faith." And Pastor Suhas, maybe you want to comment on that. Like, how does someone relate to the grace of God or? to what God says that they are when they're, like David said, I've sinned against you and you only, right? right. Uh, in Psalm 51, how do you cross over and really live in that unshackled uh, freedom uh, as a believer? Yes, Pastor Jason, that verse that you just mentioned in Psalms 51 and verse 4, it says, Against you, God, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. But then if you read verse 10, this is what David's right. God, create in me a clean heart. 
and renew a steadfast spirit with me, within me. And do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So, you know, when the Holy Spirit is actually given to us, you, we all know as Christians, it can never be taken away from us. And that is what actually, you know, which leads to us towards God. And one of the reasons he says this is because, as Pastor Atul also mentioned, that when Jesus died on the cross and when he shed his blood, and it says, with his blood, he purchased us from the, from the clutches of darkness, from the clutches of hell. We were saved and we are now the children of God. God never looks upon our sin. He looks upon our holiness. We are the ones who look upon the sin. God never looks upon it. What does it say? As far as the east is from the west, I have wiped out and I have made those sins which look like scarlet white as snow. Mm, yeah. So that's the, when you ever see the first snow or snow in the US or wherever you see snow, you can see the, the clarity. You know, the, the, the beauty of it is so clear that, you know, you cannot see anything dirty. That's how God looks at us. So when you approach God, we never approach God. It, it says Hebrews 10, right? We have a tremendous boldness and he could forgive us of all our sins. Mm. It's interesting. It says God often uses our failures and experience to humble us. Mm. And you know, Peter t talks about that in 1 Peter 5.10, how God restores us. Mm. And restoration is really important after failure. And something churches, a lot of people don't do anymore. And they often say, you know what, maybe we'll put you in a sign for a little while till you get better. But you know what, restoration happens at that very second when we repent. That's a wow. great point. Isn't it? God yeah. restores us a very second when we repent. Mm -hmm. Because when we saw the woman at the well, what happened? She was restored. At the very side, I think John 4, right? She was. Nine. John 9? Is that not 9? I always get that confused by the way. <laughs> she was restored right at the well. Think about what you just said. I, I want to kind of echo that about the blood of Christ. It takes away the stain, you know, the memory, right? And I just think, uh, you know, we have to have that same mindset about God. You know, uh, in Micah here, it talks about, you know, oh, rejoice not against me oh my enemy i will arise it's the same principle of god does does not remember our sin but people remember our sin and people become judges but when we and and this is not that we live in sin in a lascivious license to sin by the way people don't need a license to sin people do as they is their nature but grace teaches us to deny ungodliness in titus 2:12 uh so that we uh live godly and soberly uh so when christ looks at us today he sees when god looks at us he sees his son he doesn't see our sin because he can't look at our sin in habakkuk one but this is so important how many people disqualify themselves are are passive because or uh, uh, they're living apathy because their sin is always before them you know and how does someone get beyond that, Pastor Suhas? How, how do they, how do they hurdle that this is forgiven, forgotten, and gone forever? And um, sure, there might be consequences, right? Mercy rejoices over our judgment in James two. Mm -hmm. We may have mercy for the consequences, but it's not who we are. 
So how, how, how do we hurdle and, and relate to this type of thought that God says that we're everything that God says we are and nothing that the devil says that we are? I think the way this goes is when we realize that we are Christians, we have put our trust in Christ, and Christ starts living inside of us. There's only one person who will always want to tell us, and actually it is the adversary. Yeah. He is the one who's going to use people around us, our experiences, maybe it's family, it's friends, or maybe where we sinned, and their lips to condemn us. But Jesus goes ahead of us and he says, you know what, this is my child and he is not your child. It's like if you, if you, if you have a family and you know when you have a child, the, the child directly gets the name or the last name from his father. And no matter whatever mistakes he does in his life, for the rest of his life he's not separated from that family because he's born into that family. Okay, that's... that's we look in terms of the earthly vision. Now in the heavenly vision, can you imagine when God, Jesus Christ himself becomes our father and when we fail and when someone else wants to tell us, oh my God, I am the sinner. I don't belong to this kingdom. But you know what God, Jesus says? He says this, he belongs to my family. A greater father, a heavenly father is actually telling, he belongs to my family and no matter what happens, he can make mistakes, we can make mistakes, but it is never final till we quit. If you read... Psalm chapter 53 verse 1, it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But when you say in your heart that there is God, he, there is, then, then it comes down and says, God looks from heaven upon his children. And then he says, who is going to seek after me? So if we are God's children, you know what? We can always go to God and ask for forgiveness. And he's going to forgive us for whatever we do. And no matter, no matter what happens, never ever live in any kind of guilt, because that is going to hamper your walk with God. Hmm. Wow, that is, that is deep. I mean, isn't it incredible when we think about how often we hear those words around the, the noises from a family member or a friend. They were actually, they're the accusation, or in a, uh, in a relationship, in a marriage, where the spouse is always doing something wrong, but they are put the blame on the other spouse, justify somehow. Mm -hmm. And you hear that quite often, but these are just a word from the pit of hell. That, does, that doesn't mean that's who we are. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't mean who we are. And thank God that he has comforted us in, in our First Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. We can com be comforted in him, in Christ, in his promises. Yeah. So and Think that, about Romans 8, 1, right? There's no yeah. condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Now, again, that means Christ is not condemning us. The devil accuses us every day and night, Roman, Revelations 12. But look at Jesus is not going to do that because sin has been paid for. Now, uh, now the nature of sin is destructive, right? Well, mm -hmm. there's consequences. There's um, uh, just destruction from it, collateral damage. But when we embrace mercy, we embrace grace, uh, we get tender, and we don't want to live unto ourselves. We don't want to live unto ourselves. We want to live glorifying God. And going back to the 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 alcoholic, like uh, you know, it's not it's what he does, but it's not who he is. And God wants to deliver someone from alcoholism or from um, 
stealing or from uh, pornography or from or just whatever it is. Like God's like, I want to be that 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 amazing savior for you. You know, it's really interesting. I was just thinking as you're talking about the uh, when David saw Bathsheba at the roof, uh, he fell in sin. He, failure that became sin. Out of the sin, what happened? The murder. Mm-hmm. Also, he had a son that was that died. But God used that situation, gave him a son to build the temple. Mm. Interesting. So, failure, sin, and grace. Well, you said it at the onset. It's like the detour. Yeah. You know, okay, mm-hmm. God's like, okay, if you don't want my way, you want your way. The way of the transgressor is hard. There's going to be a lot of pain, you know, tears, but redemption. Redemption. There's always you redemption see, when we turn see, to God. You see Solomon who, who, was, who built the temple, but there was no war because David had so much blood on his hand. And God used Solomon to build the temple. He said, you know, David, sorry, I'm not going to use you, but I'll use Solomon. And you know what? That's, that's the heart of God. We don't get it. God does never, like you said, he never, ever, ever looks at sin because he doesn't remember sin. He, there is no sin when he looks at us. Hmm. How about this verse in Ephesians 2? It says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Okay, And then it comes down to verse 4, and look what it says. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us. So what is he trying to say? Your say you will say this, okay? Your mindset, our mindset, which, which is earthly, will always say, my sin is so big. But let me tell you one thing. However big you can be and we can be and all, all our sins can be, when it, is, when it comes to God, he says, but God who is rich, we are so poor in our sin. Let me tell you that. Even if you kill someone, or I'm not saying go ahead and do that, but I'm saying even if you do that, <laughs> yeah, God is going to say, <laughs> God is going to say, you know what? He is so rich in mercy yeah. because of his great love with which he has loved us. Oh, so, geez. you know, like I keep remembering the, the, the booklet with Dr. Stevens wrote. Remember that? Let God love you. Mm. If you let God love you, then you know what? Doesn't matter whoever can say anything about you. Keep saying that to you every morning, every afternoon, every evening, that I am a child of God and I am the one who's loved by God. John himself said this, remember, I am the disciple who Jesus loves. So when it comes to love, it doesn't matter with your failure. It doesn't matter with your sin. You can fail in front of your father. You can fail in front of your God. But he is the one who's going to grab you and help you walk this Christian life. That's beautiful because love doesn't see any sin failures. Mm-hmm. Love covers multitude of sins, right? Mm-hmm. And what is that verse? Is that where uh, sin abounds, grace abounds? I was saying, uh, Romans 11, <laughs> 6, there it is. And that's a big this, thing. This is a, yeah. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So, uh, what is the much more of God? The blood, Romans 5, 9, the blood speaks greater things, it's more powerful. Uh, and I think that's a key point, just to kind of echo, maybe you're in a situation where failure, you're kind of reaping what you've sown, 
But know this, that God is bringing you deeper in his love. Um, There's a great book by Gary Chapman called The Language of Apology. And we've all heard about the five languages of love, which Mm -hmm. is a great resource. But the language of apology, you know, sometimes we just say, oh, God, I'm sorry. But and even in a relationship or a friendship, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I remember my father used to say, well, if you were sorry, you wouldn't have done it. Right. Mm -hmm. But the language of apology is much different. It's deeper. And Gary Chapman goes into this book about how to um, make yourself accountable so that we don't keep doing the same things over and over and over and how to communicate not only in sincerity, but um, with with great earnest that we are serious about uh, going after God and, and not breaking people's trust or breaking a relationship or or um, causing unnecessary pain. and um, But, hey, as we close, Pastor Suhas, I love this. Grace much more abounds. Beautiful Amen. voice, isn't it? Your last words, last thoughts here? <laughs> hey, let me ask you one question. We all in the U.S. got to get a driving license before we get start driving our cars. Everywhere around the world, it's the same way. When you start driving the car on the road, do you ever come with this mindset that I'm going to use this driving license to kill people on the road? No. You're going to use the driving license so you can drive in a proper direction or with proper regulations. So grace gives us the liberty to be walking in discipline the way Christ has created for us. And we know, you know, how, how grace is defined. God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen. Ooh, wow, that's beautiful. I, that's, you know, I think some people got their license from a Cracker Jack box. That <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. The last couple of weeks, I've just been praying earnestly, driving. It's like, wow. Anyway, beautiful thought, beautiful thought. Like, we have a license to, to give mercy. And I think we need to speak to ourselves, right, Atul? Yeah. We're not our sin uh, I think First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful. I'm not faithful. He is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So repentance is a gift. That's why when someone gets saved, it's not first repenting, it's first believing. And the action of believing is repentance because that contrast shows us something holy and we have something to look at and think about. Last words? Well, thank you, Pastor Suhas and Pastor Jason, as uh, we close this podcast. I just want to say this to our listener. What you heard today is priceless. God is gracious. God is loving. God is merciful. And God has finished the work on the cross. And he does not, he has no remembrance of sin because sin is not the issue. It's all about his son. And if we could remember that, and if you're listening, just remember, it's all about the Son. I love what Pastor Jason said. It's believing, and that's repentance. And let God touch your heart with this podcast. And just uh, if you know someone who is going through in some areas of their life where they are in sin, pass this podcast to them. Let them know that they are worth everything. If they were the only person, God would have still sent His Son because he loved them that much. That's how precious uh, that person is. That individual person is that precious. So thank you for uh, joining us in, in this podcast today about failure. And uh, please uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And give us a rating. 
perhaps five stars. Perhaps. <laughs> you should. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.